Hi, and welcome to the 117th edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 8, Episode 10, Lincoln Perillos. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. What an episode. It was. Uh, this was Aya Samba, and um, I believe that's how you say his name. Is that it? No idea. Up. Oh, well, I haven't heard it actually said out loud, so hoping that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, and I was really looking forward to this one because he wrote the episode back in seven where Dembe's imam was taken. That was so excellent. And there were some great moments in this one. Mm. He's, uh, I'm very happy that he's been added to the, the writing team. How did you like it? It was a very good episode. It was tight. It was um, impactful. Uh, we didn't learn too much. But um, anything that involves medieval torture instruments just is not my cup of tea, especially when they've been done on Dembe. That's fair. Yeah, my, my statement coming out of it was it was a great episode, but we got absolutely nothing or at least very, very little mythology wise. And I feel like they almost gave a nod to that at the end when Dimbe and, and Red were talking, said, you know, all of that and we got nothing out of it. Well, we got to find out that we'd go, you know, we'd come after each other or we would, you know, go to rescue each other. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, that's that's what we got in the end. We got an interesting episode and the knowledge that they would go to rescue each other, which mm. I don't think was in question, really. There was more. There, there was a few tidbits here and there, but they were just little bits. But not they mythology don't add wise. to a lot. Huh? I don't mythology think mythology wise. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I first I have to say, hats off to the actress playing Doctor Lakin Perillos. Yes, Laverne just killed it <laughs> she is on my top 10 of the creepiest blacklisters ever and we've had some creepy ones so oh, well yeah. done yeah i mean this was i would say she's probably my the creepiest one i mean just that that little soft voice that little aspect like you know i'm so sweet well, that's the thing is, I mean, so the blacklister Perillos is this highly educated, very intelligent. And then I, I have I'm not sure that I've actually seen Laverne on anything, so I'm not sure how she actually speaks normally, but that she almost had the bedroom voice going on there that she's just this is her thing. Like she just really enjoys People being in pain or inflicting pain on people. I don't know if it's necessarily that she, you know, would care if she just walked down the street and someone got hit by a car. She enjoys the act of inflicting pain. It was so interesting to to hear her, you know, try to justify. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. The you know, say, oh, I'm trying to make it so that people can't feel pain. Well, I mean, she she has medical training. She is well aware that pain is the body's, is the mind's way of telling you something's wrong with your body. Like, look at this. Something's yeah. going wrong. Yeah, you stop must what be you're doing. Because, you, I mean, we saw the contrary to, we saw a blacklister that had that. 
that was the that was the uh, the courier. Mm-hmm. He could not feel pain, and he was injured and had like. I mean, she just basically dislocated an arm and he had no pain. He would have lost that arm in no time because he couldn't feel the pain. So that that is, um, it was very funny. And it's a, it's a, the way, I mean, they give us her backstory. You know, that her mother was not diagnosed correctly with, with a condition and she spent the rest of her life in pain and in bed. Um, it it reminds me a little bit of when they gave us the backstory of Solomon in Redemption, that he had to kill the the uh, the moneylender because they were going without food or they were going without heat. Uh, but this was, I mean, this woman was. Oof. <laughs> she really did a phenomenal job. I I loved her as the blacklister. I thought she was creepy. She had a not a good backstory as in yay that's such a happy backstory, but a, a backstory that pushes forward. Like the the best villains in my opinion are the ones that you you look at and you go okay I get how they got there. Like anybody, but could she's be enjoying it there. a bit too much. Yeah, I mean, but but she still, it's, you know, it goes back to how much is too much. Well, it depends on every individual person. She watched her mother suffer because of the absolute, yeah, I mean, just the absolute horrific opinions of these doctors that I'm still just baffled how anybody would get there but but there was an issue about how much he enjoyed it i don't know if you noticed in the first one when he's getting the guy prepped so that he can torture it for for townsend um and townsend telling no leave that i needed to come to america and she's like oh well she had the same reaction with dimbe yeah like i I don't get to kill you Exactly. I mean, it's, but I wasn't done yet. I mean, we saw what she did like, to that one guy. I, I just mean, put the toys out. So let, let's talk about the guy that she let live for a second. Yes, let's let <laughs> That I was. Imagine, I mean, I'm horrified that they put that into into um, prime TV. I mean, it's 8 a.m. It's 8 p.m. And they, that's that shouldn't be shown. There's hope the kids didn't yeah i mean to be fair they've sawed people's heads off and put them on tables before i mean there are things that children should not be walking through if the black yeah but that that's a quite another level because you can explain that that's a prop but seeing somebody that it's just two different levels i mean (laughs) kids play all kind of games are very very violent this is a whole different level of violence to me um, and again, anything medieval just gives me the creeps. It's not my thing. Uh, so she let this guy live so the people would know what she did to them. This woman is seriously evil. I was like, please kill her with pain. I'm kind of surprised she survived it, to be honest. Well, it goes like- towards red, like letting people go, and it's more towards red. As, as Liz goes towards the dark, red goes towards the light. And yeah, because Red then- even made the comment. He said, you know, I'm going to love killing you. <laughs> and then he didn't. And 
You know. I wonder if it has something to do with Dembe, who said, um, you know, the, the same way that Dembe, while Dembe was absolutely fine with Red killing Floriana Campbell, he was not with Red killing uh, Gail Pearl. So yeah. there are levels of levels in which Dembe is, okay, this guy we shouldn't kill, or this woman we should. How did you feel about being this uh this was the first time i believe and correct me if i'm wrong i believe this is the first time we've actually seen dembe torture somebody oh oh yes this is the first time we've seen him torture someone we have seen him tortured by solomon oh definitely yeah Yeah. poor guy gets (laughs) everybody knows if you want to get to red you go to dembe but it feel like you should also know if you want to live you live dembe alone Yeah, it. Um, I was surprised that they left her alive. Although they left her, I don't know if she was alive or she was paralyzed and dying. I, I didn't get the impression she was still paralyzed. I think they gave her the the. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they left it ambiguous, so I guess it could have been either way. But I mean, wrestler certainly thought that she was still alive, and she was she was with it enough that when he looked at. When when he looked at her and said, you know, you're going to tell me everything you just told Dembe, and she just rolled her eyes at him. Like but I wonder if I she rolled her eyes because she couldn't talk. Maybe. Maybe. Well, we think she was alive, but maybe, maybe she was just dying. The fact that she didn't talk more or less tells us something. Um... This was... This was a... Uh, um, I feel this is going to be one of those episodes that in which there is really a lot more information that we ever really realized we done we got. What did you what did you think about that relationship, Cooper Dembe? I thought it was really interesting. The um, I do have a potential new theory, the beginnings of a new theory ish, mm-hmm. um, or more curious thought than anything um the whole you'd make a good cop conversation and so i mean cooper says it twice it's he says that they have a very brief conversation about it at the end he comes back and circles back around to it and so i'm wondering if at the end of all this you know we've talked about will liz take red's place is is liz gonna be the new reddington that i wonder Mm. if dembe will if dembe will be their source at the end of all of this to keep Could the be. task force going Could that be. he he will walk that thin line between good and evil and he will mm-hmm. take red's empire into places he's more comfortable with on a you know a spiritual and soul level the yeah. i i could see that and that conversation because i mean it could i mean cooper's brought people into the task force before that are not people you would i mean like bringing a Mossad agent in that sort of thing but i think it might be a stretch to bring dembe in because it's i mean he is on the record as being red's you know um colleague i suppose and it's gonna be scrubbed that's true um but but i think in this this world especially if we end up with president cooper or something you know pardon you know pardon him and then you know, mm-hmm. he, he's he's there with them. I think it was interesting. I think it was pointed. And I think it's something to kind of file away and keep in mind. Because Dembe has been really struggling with this. 
he thinks there's work to be done and that they're doing good things, but he's been struggling with the way Red's been doing it. So does that mean that at the end of this, when Red falls off the edge, as Cooper put it, will Dembe take a different path so that he's doing what he feels like he must, but in a way that he's more comfortable with? I think it will depend a lot whether Red manages to finish his work, this this um, this project of 30 years that he's been engaged on. And I think that that is, it, it, it all comes down to, but it felt to me like like that. I mean, Cooper was trying to start recruiting them. But, um, I thought it was interesting. Um, and I, I don't have an answer for it. Uh but that that conversation when Cooper says you'd make a good cop, Dimbe says, you know, you know what I do for a living. And Cooper says, I know who you are. Cooper, or not Cooper, uh, Dimbe's immediate reaction is a black Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was an interesting point because they're, and Cooper, and he's like, there are tons of good cops that are black Muslims. I mean, it's, and that's just true. I, I, it was just an interesting statement that he made. Yeah, this 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 episode felt to me that there is a lot of of these little snippets that are not going to mean things until yeah. later on. Um, and, and I may be totally mistaken, but if that's the way it felt to me, that there is a lot here going on under the surface that we are just beginning to scratch the um, the surface off. Well, I thought it was very interesting that they used the same writer that that they I don't want to say introduced the questions because I think it's something that's been a question throughout the mm-hmm. seasons you know how far is Dimbe th- this good man how far is he willing to go with Red I think that's been a question that's out here for for quite a few seasons now but the episode where the where Dimbe's mom gets kidnapped where Blonde Cat kidnaps Dimbe's mom same writer and you had Red's, similar issues. Yeah, and you had Red's, um, you know, very planting his flag in the, you know, in the ground there and saying, no, this, you know. You're either with me or you're not. Exactly. And, and a ma'am telling him, you know, you see you see a, a, a good choice and a bad choice. I see there was no choice. Exactly. And then we have the same writer bringing that back around with, and honestly, like this parallel is my favorite part of the episode this idea of can red feel dembe's pain i don't think i i think that perillos's character was looking at you know oh he's a white man therefore he can't feel your pain but i think that i don't think that's ever a question with with red and dembe i've never seen that as being an issue with them like something that's that's influencing but it, it was very interesting how uh how Aya brought that around to link it and for Dembe to say no I don't think you always see it you know hearkening back to the mom episode yeah Yeah. exactly and it was just it was such a beautiful moment and Red's just the choices that that Dembe had had to make are you know and even the ma'am talk about that how the when he was kidnapped and then they had to choose between red secrets, which the man said a man sometimes a man's life is built on secret, and when the secrets are revealed, his life ends. 
and or read secrets of the man's life now he's he's you know talking about the pain i think that there is there is so many levels of of that plus red light thompson are the one calling the shots and dr lake and the and dembe are the one kind of going along with them even though they're you know probably both handsomely paid that is does not take the fact that Although Perillo is actually enjoying what she's doing enormously, not Dembet. I think Dembet is doing it as a path to save Red's soul. What Perillo is clearly having the time of her life mutilating and torturing people. Till Townsend says, you know, sorry, you can't finish that one. Come do this one. And then she yeah. gets upset. Yeah. She's like, oh, you mean I got my toys out? You can't get to play? Yeah, well... <laughs> Going up in the world, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I, I like the, the the choice of casting. I think that it was like head on. It was perfect. Um, and you know, it's it's um, what I like most uh, of this of this episode and and the and the female torture was the fact that Townsend does something very similar to what Liz is doing with the Cyranoid. She's it's he always keeps himself one degree separated from all that. So this doctor has like all this old stuff. I guess she doesn't want to be tracked by the modern stuff, the modern monitors that have all sort of tracking devices um and and she has all of them and she can see like the room and everything around and i found it fascinating how townsend townsend is apparently this crime lord he's controlling it with a business very similar to red um this guy he's controlling um traffic illicit transit on the bosphorus um he's you know, he's this guy that they were torturing at the beginning. He he wanted to know about his runners and his financiers. So I am thinking weapon stealer. Here's the question, though. Was Perillo's working for Townsend with the guy at the beginning? Because yeah. I don't. How? Do, why do you think so? Because as she's getting ready to put the stuff in and he gets a call and says, oh, I was just about to call you. We're ready to. He's ready to. We're ready to start. Okay. All right. I. I and she's being reason. paid on a regular basis, so I guess she's the one who. Uh, the guys are. You know, he sends all the people, and that's how he expands his territory. Keep her on retainer. Yep. Exactly. So, because the biggest portion of the money laundering that he was doing for Townsend was through, was going to Perillo. So that yeah. is. It's a very uh, intriguing notion because now we have another uh, bad guy. So this is this is to me is getting a lot of Berlin overtones. Somebody who his family was killed, and and quite honestly, I'm not even sure that the family was really killed, or were they did they fake their death? And what kind of horror was did he see that? He got to be the way he is now. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the same thing with Perillo's. The 
<clears throat> the backstory that helps fuel the current day situation. You know, for Perillus, it was her mother that that um, had been, frankly, tortured by the doctors because of the color of her skin. And so now, today, she she has basically reclaimed that so that she tortured, you know, anybody, depending, you know, whoever she's paid to torture, basically. Yeah. doesn't matter to her. I mean, it doesn't matter to her what they look like. She, you know, as long as she's being paid, she's going to get a kick out of it. And so it will be interesting to see with Townsend uh, what happened to his family, because that's a big question mark right now. We, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, if we think it's his wife and kids. I think it's or, his wife and kids. It's not his. Know. He was 30 years old. I mean, he wouldn't have. Um, uh, I think that the only impact that you can see is, you know, and obviously it's not his sister. So I doubt it's his parents. Yeah. I, I think that the willingness to kill his sister definitely sends it leaning towards a wife and kids. Yeah, I think it is a wife. It never occurred to me it was anything but the wife and kids. And obviously the sister doesn't feel too kindly about him because she's down there killing pigs and Townsend loved pigs. So <laughs> that doesn't tell me I feel very warm and fussy. Um, and, and, and Chemical Mary was like, yeah, you thought that getting me was going to get to my brother so I don't think that there is a lot of uh, of good blood there and I wonder you know what exactly happened um, that is a fascinating story um, here's a question for you um, we we didn't see Liz again in this episode we didn't even see the back of her head do you think she had as much to do with this and how much do you think she had to do with this? Well, it's a very interesting question that I've been pondering myself. The fact that we didn't see her, not even a little bit of it, um, it's certainly pointing to maybe she didn't have, maybe she just gave her the information of Rudiger and he's out doing something. Um, but... Um, she had to have been involved up until a certain moment to know where Rudiger was and that who Rudiger was to Red. All these details of his organization seem to imply that Liz is involved somehow. And then um, Townsend said that you know Rudiger is alive because uh, Liz asked him not to not to kill him, begged him. It was a very interesting way it was phrased. She begged him not to kill him. Yet they were willing to torture Dembe and possibly kill Dembe. But he wasn't after Dembe. He was after Red. I'm not sure. And, and I saw this over on Tumblr, I believe. Someone made note of it. That yeah, Liz... Yeah, the intent wasn't to, to get Dembe. To get but Dembe. once they got Dembe, Liz didn't say, hey, you know what? Don't, don't, don't. Don't did she know? Badly. But the, that's the question. Did she know? Was I she feel involved? Like she was very involved in this. But we didn't see her. And that that's the thing that catches me. Because last week we saw at least the back of a woman's head that looked a lot like Liz. We were meant to think it was Liz. Whether it is or not, still yet to be seen. We were meant to think so. And so the way that this was 
shot, especially with Townsend being on the other side of the of the uh, screens. Why is it we had Red talking to her with the whole Rubicon mm-hmm. speech, and I have thoughts on the Rubicon speech, but Red was talking to her without seeing her, but just assuming she was there, yet the audience didn't even see her. There is mm-hmm. no indication she was watching that. And in my opinion, if she was orchestrating all of this, and she's trying to kill him, then she would be watching. So why not at least show, even if they didn't have Megan on set for whatever reason, why not at least show her body double from the background, you know, from the back of the head watching a screen to verify that she's watching it? It was a very intentional decision. It seemed that way anyway. Yeah. I guess it could go either way. Um, but I think that Liz was involved in the fact that at the end, you know, there is a thing with Rudiger. Um, Did you know he was going to be in the punching bag? Oh, yeah. 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 I, for a second, I thought, would it be nice if it's Liz? But, um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's gone. I mean, she's really going to length that are. There are, to me, worrisome. I don't, I'm not sure. But I do have a theory about all this that you are going to like about that. But let's not talk about that yet because that oh, goes into the crazy stuff. Or maybe maybe we do. Maybe we do. What do you think? Yeah, let's go. Let's hear, okay. your, let's hear your bold assumption that I'm going to like. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I started thinking about this is what this is doing. But most of it, I started thinking about those weird stay. We used to call them the Masha mode. You remember Pat back back then, you know, she went into those crazy uh, altered over. states, yeah. like glazed and, and fixed and having auditory um, um changes in the way she was seeing things and it always felt to me that it, it it was a bit more than simply just her remembering things and I used to to there were people who were saying oh she just like is defensive of women I never saw that what I I saw red being defensive of women I saw Liz being horrified of being grabbed the first time that that Red says they they'll take the girl, Liz immediately started rubbing the scar. The first time she gets that glazed look is when she's over Tom and he's you know in the hospital and she just suddenly looks up and you see her eyes and she had this like mad look and she goes to the hotel and she stabs Red in the neck and she's angry and we see the same look. In 2.22, when she kills Connolly and you and she remembers, and it's the same look as this kid, just looks up from the same position and gets this look and then aims and shoots. 
Then she goes into another one of this when the guy in the diner in Marvin Gerard tries to grab her and the, grab, grab the gun or grab her. And she just goes berserk. Then she has another one. Of course, she has the one in 222 when she kills Connolly. Then she has another one in 303 in Ellie Matchett when she brings the cop that she shot and she has like the hands are covering blood and they're wheeling him and she just has like this alter perception and Red is like yelling at her and she's not even hearing it. It was an interesting scene because at the same time they had Tom with the hands covering blood over the body of Asher. Um, and then she got them again in three, in, in I think it's um, the them when, no, it is the next one. Yes, um, I think it is the them when she, when Tom, t- when Rhett takes away Tom's job and, and she, and she's talking with Tom and said, oh, he took your job. And, you know, and then she says, like, I, I'm into alone, into empty. I'm going to make it on my own. And there is a very, very strange look in her eyes, a little glazed. And the camera does something very interesting in that moment. It has her face completely one side in the light and one side in the dark. It's very interesting. Then she has the same thing when she finds the fulcrum and she has this, like, weird look in her eyes. as she's remember. And again, it's filming a in a seam in a mirror and you see her face is kind of distorted and then she has it again when she um when she after i think yes after when she hears the the recording of of the conversation between red and and blonde katarina and she sees her killed so i'm thinking here we always talk about that second manipulation that Krilov did, right? It was it was 2015, and I, my opinion is that it was done by Kate, uh, masked by that attack by the strange guy in the parking lot that asked her if she was Masha Rostov. Because after that, she just started very weird, and it took a lot of what brought her out of that was Tom. And, you know, and she said, well, I want to keep her child and, and all this. And at this time, it felt like Liz was triggered and she was acting very weird. She was like in a trance, like she when she was with Dom in the ambulance, it looks like she was in a trance. Uh, all this action that, of her, the, the look in her eyes, like again what brought her a little out of that that she remembered she had Agnes and you noted that was was the uh, the washer so this is this is what I'm thinking I'm thinking that when when um, Birdie knocked Liz off in 710 and Skovic was there I think Blonde Cat had Skovic work on Liz to be sort of triggered by something so that she would be doing her bidding. And the other Jen just did a phenomenal analysis. Why assume that this woman will just fold to you when you tell her you're her mother? Why not make it happen? Exactly. 
Exactly. Especially when you got the crazy guy there. Exactly. I mean, like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what I'm seeing here is then I started thinking, why exactly did Red have that first manipulation? Oh, I was telling you about uh, the other gen did an analysis in which she compared the things that Liz was saying after 3.11 with the things that Kate was saying. And the words are the same. And also a fascination with control. You're not going to, I'm not your Lizzie to control. Um, I'm not going to let that control me. It was all that thing that sounded just like Kate. Um, my life with you is very dangerous. Um, I want to give away my child. And meanwhile, she looks positively miserable about the idea of putting her baby for adoption. And she's lying to Tom. She's just not really well. Same thing is happening here. It seems like she's in a trance, that she's doing things that she's not really aware of what she's doing. So I'm thinking that, and she's also basically saying the same things that that blonde cat said like i'm i'm having a zero noise to eliminate your control over me as she was saying like i'm 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 tired of men controlling my life there seems to be this we made the comment uh back in 803 i think it was isn't that where she tried to blow up the hospital mm -hmm. room that she went it was very heavy-handed how she suddenly started going you're a man, you're trying to control me. Yep. Like, it, there has been that underlying sort of thing throughout the show, which is, a, a, I mean, that that's a solid thing to run with, but it... It's it been felt, highlighted. Yeah, it, it felt heavy-handed and in a different tone than it has been. Mm -hmm. I think it's the so, best way to put it. This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that... Why didn't Red exactly send Liz when she was a child to Krylov? Presumably to hide her memories away so that she wouldn't remember killing her father or shooting her father or what have you. Exactly. Presumably. Presumably. Except that if, if you're going to do that, I mean, if the father is not dead, then just presenting the father seems to be... The, the 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 ticket here or leave her to talk about it with a psychologist i mean eliminating somebody's memory doesn't seem to be like the most normal thing to do or why not replace it with something else because exactly. he just he just took the memory exactly. and which leaves a void there that the mind wants to fill the void everybody's exactly. mind will try to fill a void so now another question why did katarina could not take her kid and go hide with a kid. Masha was Masha was a a rumor. Nobody really knew. I mean, maybe Townsend knew, but nobody else knew that there was a child. It was much easier to hide with a child. Hey, she could even have adopted another child and then hide with two children. And you know, she would be one more woman with two children, single woman, whatever. She could have just done exactly that. I mean, just because Liz had a, a, a wrist thing, it could have been very easily just do some surgery, eliminate it, just leave it with a scar, especially a child that young. You know, a, the elasticity of the skin of the child at five years old is unbelievable. You can do a lot there, and it was never done. 
So I started to think, what if that was the excuse for doing it? And what if Liz, who had been taken, was actually had her memory manipulated or her mind manipulated to become a killing machine at some time when she's triggered? And what we is talked about that that, that there was something there a uh, training uh, going back to yeah. alias with the the Christmas program that training the child to be the operative uh, which would also link back to St. Regis in a lot of ways where he picked up small children off the street people of you know kids of extraordinary intellect that bordered on sociopathic tendencies and trained them this would just be another step in it i mean so we we have seen another version of that in here and as you've said again and again we tell the same stories throughout Mm -hmm. the show it's just different versions every time and so yeah i i i can get on board 100 percent with the idea that she was she was trained or situated to be triggered into so and uh we've had a blacklister that did that as well that manipulated um the with with the warrior gene and she has the warrior gene yes so i think that there is something there that when liz was taken the night of the fire something was implanted in her memory so that she could become a killer and i think that's the real reason why liz had to be had to be placed with sam and left with sam because i have a feeling that those things will be to kill her mother or kill her father and and if you think about that weird phrase that dom and Red said, look, we want the same thing. And with her help, we're going to get it. And Dom said, I wanted her to trust me. And I had it. So I wonder if there is something that in order to remove it, it had to be with Liz knowledge and, and access. Or they're just not willing to take and do another one of these things on her. But I wonder if when Skovic worked on her, basically the manipulation that Krilov did to stop that from happening at the beginning was, again, so we have a first manipulation by by Krilov to stop that from happening, a second manipulation by Krilov in which he starts repeating what, what, what Kate says, and then maybe a manipulation by Skovic in which he starts repeating what Kate says, and I wonder if that really unlocked the kill red, kill red. And I wonder if that's a reason why Katerina couldn't be with her. It would be interesting going back to Blonde Cat's comments about growing up in the KGB with a father that was a KGB um, agent that, you know, the reasons that she became the way she did and expectations there. It would be interesting to see a situation in which Liz, Masha at the time, she was taken by someone outside of her immediate family. Cause I don't think Dom, I, I would hope Dom wouldn't have done it. No, um, I think, it was and I don't think, I don't her. think Katarina would have done it. And so, 
someone took her. I mean, and especially if Red is her biological father or they thought she, they thought he was either way really would work. And the daughter of Katerina Rostova and Raymond Reddington, if that was the assumption there, then could you imagine? I mean, it's kind of like Scotty Hargrave and, and Howard Hargrave. I mean, Christopher Hargrave, my, my assumption has been for a long while that that was one of the reasons he was taken was because he was he had the potential mm-hmm. to be a really good operative, which he turned out to be. I think Mm -hmm. there could have very easily been a path there that he was, it wasn't just by certain, you know, by happenstance that Bud found him. Yeah. And I think that I could definitely see a scenario where Liz would have been taken and put into a situation and manipulated or what have you. So that this, this kid that has all of this potential to be, this badass operative because of her, her lineage. I mean, even just on her mother's side, even if it's not red, but introduce the idea that red well, might even be. Even if it's Raymond Reddington, not red, that, that still was a, it depends a, on who Raymond Reddington is, because I, I think that this red took that name before the Navy. Mm-hmm. And so, but regardless, even if we just take her mother's side, that's a pretty staunch lineage there. And, yeah. And so to to do that, yeah, I could see it definitely. And it's so anyway, you said that become it become a like, weapon. Yeah. And, and if you think about the history of the show, how many stories do we have in which people are made to be weapons against others? Started by Berlin. Whoever sent them those bones was making sure that that Berlin was going to not just go kill Red, kill his wife and his daughter. Um, I mean, they, they've they've done it. Milton Bobbitt was exactly one that took people and turned them into weapons. This, there's a, a, a whole lot of stories in which people are turned into weapons against another person. So I think that this is not too far. And my second crazy theory is that this um, this. Uh, venom that this woman gave him is going to cure him of his existing malady. How? I have no idea. But <laughs> if it was poisoning, if he was really poisoned, and this is the long-term effect of the of the apothecary's venom, this other venom might have been might turn out to be a or or the antidote might also help. I think that might be more reasonable. The antidote would help reset. The I'm original not a poison expert, but I mean, this one was a frog, and the other one was a meningitis, and the other one was was a uh, um, uh, snakes. So absolutely, um, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling because I mean, he can't just keep dying. Like no. I, 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 Exactly. So how are they going to resolve this? Because it doesn't seem to me it's genetic because he never had any symptoms before he was poisoned by Kate. Yeah. And it's interesting that Lisa been going back to the 86 bodies of Kate and when Tom proposed. It's almost like she's the memory is going back to that place. And that is right before that uh, that attack in the parking lot 
So I think that there is something that is keep telling us, and that could be a way in which Liz, Liz could be redeemed if she's acting under uh, like Caleb. I mean, we saw what Ressa was going to do, and she's only had had a one for a few minutes. As a like, I, I've heard people say that they don't want it to be manipulation because they want Liz to be, you know, they don't want it to be another time someone's used Liz, and I understand that. I, but where we are right now. That's the only thing I can really wrap my head around that says, okay, this, you know, this is how we redeem Liz. Because that that or if she's, well, we saw her. We saw her push the trigger on the the, uh, hospital. There are some things that people can do that you can come back from. The and, and the I, hospital. I was gonna say before you say we don't know about the the uh, harbor master and what was really behind him. Still, seemingly innocent guy. Tom literally broke his neck. <laughs> so, like, but he came back from that. It's and with nothing in the show that says, without a shadow of a doubt, hey, this guy was sketchy. Like he was not presented as sketchy. And I know you think he was, but <laughs> that's what you think everybody's sketchy. I'm writing a post on the subject right now. <laughs> oh, that's good timing. Yeah. But my point is, you know, there are some things you can come back from, especially in this type of heightened reality that they're living in. That, okay, well, it was a means to an end. Like, the end was to protect Liz, so yes, it's a horrific act. There is no... There's no way bombing a hospital is an okay means to get to the end of just killing a dying man. Especially one that you could say, hey, you know what, let's go have a conversation alone. Go to the lake and shoot him. Exactly. So Harbor Master, that was the only way Tom felt like it could be resolved. There was no taking him out, you know, and bribing him or anything like that. Tom was a prisoner. He had very limited situation, very limited. Uh, Plus, Aleko was there. about to go get a gun and kill them all and exactly. dump the bodies at sea. Yeah. And so they, the situation had to be handled right then, right there. And but Liz's choice to go and have Essie plant a bomb in a hospital room that full of men without eyes. Exactly. She detonated without being able to see the room. That is an entirely different level. And so and that, going into the in and killing chemical Mary in the FBI when you shoot an agent. Uh, yeah, that is just not right. I, see, I still am not 100 percent like I, I'm iffy on how deeply she's been involved with this. There's something about not seeing her face. that's really bothering me. But regardless on if she, I mean, obviously she had some sort of interaction with Chemical Mary because the the Serenoid knew about Wrestler. But I think that there almost has to be something. They have taken some very intentional steps to take her just this dark. If they're planning a redemption, which I hope they are, if they're not, then I'm going to be very upset i mean not that they care this isn't my story but you know i I will still be very disappointed if they don't they're gonna lose a lot of audience because they will they will because i mean and i know that it becomes a hopeless story yes that right there because like there's a vocal group that shall remain nameless 
in the and, fandom that hates her, but they've hated her for years. That's really neither here nor there. The is, average viewer will find it hopeless if she if she and, dies. And he, he, I guess you could you could have an ending in which you, we always think that the one that dies in the end is red, and you could actually have Liz being the one who dies in the end, and. And, uh, you know, the last thing is Red taking Agnes by the hand and saying, you know, have I told you the story how you met your grandmother or something like that? You know, just something like that. But it, I, but it just doesn't seem that that is where they're going because they're making it so intentional. It's hard to ignore how much they're making us hate Liz. And even though I like Liz, the last few episodes, I'm like, you know what? My Lizication is working fine. And that's the thing is I think that not seeing her is what puts you into that state of mind. If we saw her, if we saw what was oh, going no, on behind the scenes. I was getting in that state of mind where she was uh, um, the last time I saw her. With, well, with, they, uh, they did release something uh, sometime this past week that said this is a writing choice to have Megan not, not see Megan's face. This is an intentional writing choice. So it's not that Megan is, you know – that there's anything well, going on with her i think uh, they're filming now they're going to start seeing because it's an interesting choice that we're going to get next week a repeat of 16 ounces which was the moment in which he just went berserk so it seems interesting that that's where we're going back to that precise episode yeah so um I honestly think that there is something to this and we're going there. Um, Rudiger was an in- interesting choice to have as a poor guy who gets almost like the pinky. It's another person who almost lost the pinky. So that's that's the last finger that wasn't taken on his own. So now we got Rudiger almost lost a finger. Um, Naomi lost one. Leonard Cole lost two. Um... Who lost three? Oh, Pete, Pete, my, um, yeah, Maggie <laughs> lost three, and then the guy in Victoria, in Victoria, no, in Cornelius Rock lost four. It's a lot of fin- missing fingers. Really are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Rudiger. Oh, Max. I love Max. It's I definitely thought about in this episode that if, you know, assuming Liz is orchestrating all of this, we've got a lot of Kate vibes going on because we saw Kate, uh, you know, intentionally take away Red's Red's people. You know, that she took his most valued employees away from him piece by piece by piece. And it, you know, she threw him in prison. Um, she kill any of them? I think she probably she did kill no. Somebody. She she threw Marvin in in prison. She threw Joe Baraccio in prison, mm-hmm. and she basically framed Dembe for the poisoning. Uh, but she killed Bass. Yeah, she murdered. Yes, she Bass, killed Bass. Which That's I was true. always really bummed that we had to find that out in an article that Bass was dead. Like, she shot him, but it's the blacklist. Just because you shoot someone doesn't make them dead. Like, unless you yeah, shoot Yeah, it was pretty face. point blank, and that was a big gun. It was, but it's also the blacklist. I mean, Tom Keene got gut shot point blank three times and then locked away with, you know, 
out of the hospital surgery on a rusty boat for four months and somehow survived without a scar to be shown. So it's yeah, well, the scar situation is. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I will never be over that. The guy was being shot and stabbed. Yeah, I mean, so like I, I just I felt like Baz was more of a fan favorite to just say, oh, yeah, didn't you know he was dead? No, John. No, we did not. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you forgot to write that in, buddy. Yeah. How about, well, the fact that he wasn't there, he's like, I guess he's done. Um, what did you think about that Ruby Gun speech? Because you said you had thoughts. <laughs> the Ruby Gun speech. So I just remember sitting there and listening, because James is phenomenal with those kind of speeches. He really is. I mean, there's just no... I mean, not that you want to weigh around it, because he is Red. I cannot imagine another actor playing Red and getting the same sort of oomph that we've got with James. He was Mm -hmm. just the only one to play him. And these are the exact moments why. Because how many people can you think of that are strapped to a chair? And that that was another thing. He's talking to Liz, and typically the way that kind of thing would be shot isn't just on different angles on James. You'd see something of Liz on the other side. She's the recipient. Mm-hmm. You never saw her. And that was really bizarre and stood out to me. So that's the first thing. But when it comes down to Red, he's talking about how he's crossed that river before and he never wanted her to be there. That was never the intention. And that, you know, he was so upset that, you know, He's witnessing this part in his life, in her life. And I just looked at it and went, oh, my gosh, that's such BS. I think he believes it. But to be saying that made me so angry at him because you've got. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have opinions. You've, oh, got, yeah, you you've got this man that knows who she is. He knows that she's inclined to this warrior gene, he knows who her mother is. He knows how she was raised. He knows that she's that when her husband got stabbed, the fir- he just just met her, quote unquote, and she walked in and stabbed him in the artery. So he knows that she has this ability to be pushed towards and over the edge. And he did it again and again and again. And after Tom's death, he took such a stance on assholery that it was mind-blowing the way he reacted to her on that. Her husband was dead. And his response is, well, basically served him right because he shouldn't have gotten involved. Wasn't his secret. He just was a complete jackass about it. And... Somehow continuing on this without showing an ounce of emotion. No, he showed emotion. He showed no ounce of empathy towards her or even sympathy for that matter. He kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And then was that he's shocked that he's pushed her over the edge now. Where does he get off being surprised and going, oh, I just never wanted you here. That's what we call gaslighting. I, I don't think that that you are judging Red. I, I mean, I, I see where you're getting from. Uh, I do. I mean, you, you're on this side and always been on this side. I, I see a very different situation. 
Um, why? Because I've always felt that there is a reason, a very compelling reason, besides shame, which I think there is an element of shame, in why has Red not told this thing square? Because the interesting thing with Red is that if you think that's the only way he reacts, go back and look at his interaction with Jennifer in that restaurant. He didn't, he told her stuff, let her believe things that weren't true, or more appropriately, we never saw if he was saying, no, it's not me, or no, because we don't get to see his reaction when when Jennifer believes that the person persecuted by the CIA, the KGB, was him. But I, when I see that, the fact that Red can't actually just talk plainly to Jennifer about why he was in hiding, why he was a criminal, why he abandoned them in order, he called them an excruciatingly painful solution, but effective solution. So it seems to me that there is a reason. I may not know what the reason is, but there is a reason why Red is always gone in a roundabout manner to Liz, even though I do think that he is giving her answers, but it's not answers that Liz accepts. And in fact, had Liz really been wanting answers, she did a DNA test. She, she's told more than once that the only thing she ever wanted to know was if he wasn't her father, why him? Why come to her? But if she wanted that answer, she did a DNA test. She could just call the lab and say, hey, I lost my test. Can you just reissue a report? She doesn't want that. She doesn't want the truth. She wants to be accepted. She wants to be claimed. That's what Liz is doing. Answers she could get. She could get DNA, test him again. That's not what she wants. It's it's a fact that Dom, before telling the story, didn't want to tell her anything. Is that he lies. Is that she's not being embraced as being, you're mine, you're my child, you're my family, you're my granddaughter. It's that she's being every time pushed aside. Abandoned. Yes. But that doesn't, and I understand where you're coming from on Red having a secret and a reason for a secret. And I agree. I think that he has, that he's protecting somebody that he feels he has to protect. I acknowledge that. I agree with that. And even if he does, let, let's say for the sake of argument that whoever, if he's protecting Kat, and let's say that there's something out there that makes it worthwhile. That makes the death toll on his doorstep that he is responsible for worthwhile somehow. Because that 30-year project is involved in. Okay, but let, let's just, mm-hmm. to, have a, to have a baseline that we can both agree on. You're, well, yeah. I, I don't agree with it. It's worthwhile. But let's start there, just for the sake of argument. There is something that he's doing that for some reason is more important than what he has done. Exactly. The... And this ties into what you just said about Liz wanting to be claimed and accepted, because I agree with that. I mean, you you hear people that are adopted talk about that, 
you know, in their lives that they feel abandoned. And you see, even just in this show, you see the reaction of that. Tom did not want anything to do with his biological parents because they abandoned him. He wanted nothing to do with them. He wanted nothing to know about them until he came face to face with Howard. And then suddenly answers became the end all. Yeah. When he saw that their pain was real. When yeah. he, it, it took a while for Tom to accept, like his mother mourned him and his father has been looking. He had a freaking walls of of clues about finding him. Yeah. And yet he had photos of him from season two and didn't come to him until season three, uh, season four. But regardless, um, there is a time my, for everything. My point, my point is that. Let's say Red has a fantastic reason that makes it okay that he's kept this. That doesn't immediately wipe away his reaction to things. He could keep his secret without being an ass about it. And season five, 5B, he went out of his way to treat her and belittle her like her husband's death meant nothing and she should just get over it and move on. The way he reacted on that was just heartbreaking to me. I understand that Red was not immediate, you know, immediately responsible and he would take no no responsibility at all for Tom's death. I understand that. That's neither here nor there. But just the fact that he's supposed to love Liz in some form or fashion and cared nothing for her pain. It goes back to, just like with Dembe in this episode, does he feel other people's pain? I think that that is valid. And I think that he does to an extent. I think that whatever it is that job, that 30-year job Red is doing, think about all the things that is more important than It's more important than anything else. This job he's doing, it's more important than even Katarina. It's more important, it's so important that that, that Don preferred to let Liz suffer rather than tell her the truth. But why they're not telling Liz things? I think it might be because of that memory manipulation that whatever was done on Liz, I think that the, I always thought, why is he not telling her? It can, I mean, yes, there may be an element of shame, but there is a point where you say, especially after he, she embraced him and said, you know, you know, I'm not going to run away. I don't need time away. You were family and that there was a way of of incorporating these things, you know, past the shame and saying, well, I. You know, I just didn't want to tell you. So why? I mean, I understand him not wanting to tell her, hey, you know what? I hired this guy and I just didn't even think about, hey, saying maybe you just send me a woman, a straight woman and not a a young guy of the appropriate age. Um, that, you know, that sexual male of appropriate age was not the best choice for that. Gina would have been a much better choice. Um, but. And I get that, but why all the other things that the cryptic answers that Red gives? And sometimes they're not that cryptic. Sometimes they sound cryptic, but they're not. I'm not even talking about that right now. And you know my opinions on 
red withholding answers because he dangled them out in front of her and then just started pulling back. It's it's a manipulation tactic that he uses. But even just beyond that, there's a way to say, no, I'm not giving you this because I don't think you need it, deserve it, insert reason here. Without reacting, he... It was like he was excommunicating. No, not even that. It was like he was having a blast with their cat and mouse game. He was reveling in he her did. suffering. I think yes, he did. he was reveling and it in is her exactly, suffering. It's exactly the same thing that happened in season three when she, when she, uh, when she dyed her hair blonde, and he was like, I think that he was having a bit of like, like. He instead of seeing Liz, he was seeing Katerina. I think there was an an element there that that Red was enjoying or or seeing in Liz the relationship he had with Katerina. I I saw that as Red missing Katerina and seeing in the daughter the mother. And when she was the day that with and when when she dyed her hair again, he's like, I missed you. And Red was like drunk the entire time. I think it was too. Um, weird for him in a way, you know, like he was getting confused. My point being that. He going back to the Rubicon speech, because that's we've kind of gotten a little bit off of that. My point being that. The way he pushed her, even if we take the fact that he refuses to give her answers off the table, the way he's treated her and just refuses to acknowledge even that, okay, say he feels like he's entitled to keep this or should keep this for some reason, that doesn't negate the effect it has on other people. You can be right and still hurt people. That doesn't mean you should say, well, I'm right, you're wrong, and... You just need a, you know, cowboy up, I suppose. It's he he has no. I don't want to say ability within himself, because I had suppose I want to have more faith in Red that he can be somewhat human here and acknowledge that even though he may, he feels like he has a good reason to do what he does, it still harms her. And so to turn around and go. I just never wanted this for you. It's so I know you horrible. You're, but you're can, can I offer another perspective on the speech? Because you're you're like I know you're hating red and you're you're hating red. But this speech has a lot of interesting things besides what you just said. This goes back to what Red tells Cooper that you know if Liz. If Liz kills me, she is going to go to a place that cannot be, she cannot come back from that. I agree with that. I I 100% agree with that. I think that the moment that she takes that shot and kills him, I hope she doesn't, but I think the moment she actually kills him, you can't come back from death. I mean, you can come back from a fake death, but you can't come back from real death. But it's not about killing him. Liz has killed other people in in this thing. And she, Red is not talking about killing somebody. The day, the moment that she told the Cyranoid to go and kill Chemical Mary, she was already taking that step. That's a step that she didn't get to take when they had the Capricorn killer 
and uh, it was actually the 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 Sandman, and you know the the crazy Doctor Fulton wanted to kill him, wanted she to kill him. Um, it, it's it's the the you know Liz had this when she run over the freelancer, and then again when she um, decided that it was fine to take the endling and let her, you know, kill herself in order to save the kid. Liz has been going on this. It's not killing other people. It's killing him. And and the implication to me is that once you kill your your family, you, there is no going back to that. And I, I felt that it was the same thing that Liz was telling, that Red was telling Liz when he said in 222, I never wanted you to be like me. And the same thing that he told her when when she was mourning Tom's death says always look for a little light. And Liz was like the only thing I want is revenge, and that's the only thing that is moving me. So I, I'm not sure that you can say that she that Red wasn't seeing her pain as much as Liz never went for the pain. Liz never really mourned Tom. This went straight into revenge, and that's what he was, what Red was trying to, to pull Wrestler from. That's the reason he get, he sent Wrestler the head of Tanita, so that Wrestler wouldn't go there. But while Red is happy to do that and kill Prescott for for Wrestler and deliver the head to Wrestler, for some reason he's not doing it to to Liz, and I think it's because Liz is on a path. And, and and this actions that Red has taken may not have been everything that got Liz there. And then I'm going back to that memory manipulation and things are starting to make sense to me if I look them in that perspective. Because Dembe says to, remember that, that speech when Red is sitting down and said, I lost her. And Dembe said, we lost her. And I said, no, I knew I did. And then Dembe says, we knew this was, this could have, we always knew this was a possibility. And Red said, and I let it happen. And I'm still let it happen. So why was there always a possibility that Liz will go this route? Is it all of Red's actions? Or is Red trying to somehow do something to get that, those directives put in her brain when she was a child, out. Why did he push her to be an FBI agent within the law? Why was always that that counting on that violence of her? So it feels to me that what Red was made, was doing and what Red has done by sort of giving her answers without being straight, like, hey, I know where your mom is. She's hiding in us, whatever, and you can't see her because she's, you know, she just took some very damaging information and everybody's after her and she had like 15 bounties on her and a whole, you know, a boatload of people wanting to kill her. Because I would have been, you know, like, this is it. I'm sorry, kiddo, you can't see her. I can see her. Nobody can see her. And probably I don't even know where she is. But that's a story. So there feels to me that there is something behind. And I'm starting to think of this memory of not a memory, but a, a, a sort of directive implanted to make her. And I, 
I've been having this weird thing when Liz, remember when Liz surrendered to the Russian embassy and she said, I'm, I'm an undercover operative. There was something about that that just gave me the chills. Yeah, you mentioned that, I think, last week. You know, what if that was something deeply implanted in her childhood? Yeah. Well, I suppose only time will tell with Reddington. Um, I I was, while I appreciated James's fantastic delivery of the speech, the more I thought about it, the angrier I got with Red. And so it's... um. Time will tell. We'll see what's going on with Liz. We'll see but, what's going on. Let me, let me, before we, we, we let go of this one. We have always remarked how when we met Liz, you know, there was this like, oh, cute couple. But underneath all that, we knew that Liz was weird. She was throwing coffee cups at Tom when she didn't agree with things that Tom did. That's usually considered aggression. Um, she was standing there and like, we need milk. I'm going to take the car. Not, honey, I, I know that we agree that you were going to take the car, but I really need the car today or you're going to have to drop me at, the, at work. Um, no, I need the car. We need milk. And did you take the dog out? Because I'm standing in pee. Uh, and Tom is like, it's your dog, too. Um, so there has always been something about Liz that it's not quite there. And not only that she's a narcissist, she is a narcissist. Everything that she has accused Red of or Kirk of, she hasn't. She's narcissistic. She's impulsive. She's violent. She uses people. She manipulates. And she has no concept of loyalty. I mean, a rum, a rum and wrestler. I mean, it doesn't get any any lower than that. And a rum keeps trying to defend her. I I described him in our group chat while watching. I said a rum is all of us right now. We keep going. Maybe there's another angle, and and I hope there is another angle. But and maybe that's just the writer's way of keeping that hope alive in us you know that maybe there's something we're not seeing yet or we haven't had you know confirmation of yet maybe a rom is right listen to a rom but it also sounds the the way that it sounds in the middle of those moments is this desperation for it to be right for for him to be right the the it can't possibly be what Liz is doing. Liz can't possibly be working with this group or doing that. Or, mm. And he's seen her doing use it. his signature. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's straight up seen it. She's used everybody, and she exposed Red um, as an informant, which basically exposes the task. She's using all the moves that Kate did. And, um, and I always go back in there to remember what was... Liz, uh, code name for Tom? Mockingbird. Oh, that was Tom's code name for Liz. Yeah. That you said Liz's code name for Tom. Oh, no, no. For my the other way <laughs> I was like, sorry. I didn't think she had one. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah Liz's, uh, Liz's code name from Tom. Yeah. yeah. was Mockingbird. And I, I find that interesting. 
So I wonder about this. I wonder if, if, if everything they've been telling us with these little details add to that. And that would explain why Red hasn't been more forthcoming, especially when we can see that he, he can be more forthcoming. We'll see. It would make the Chosen One certainly a, a, a very different Chosen One story. Your little assassin. Anyway, I want I I um either Agnes is going to turn out to be um like the world's best assassin ever, or she's going to end up being I don't know the head of the intelligence services, or maybe just a cabal. Halcyon. Mm-hmm. She's the heir apparent right now. Mm-hmm. Oof, that kid had it in all sides. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure St. Regis would love to get a hold of her. Oh, I can see Gina, like, yeah. Hi, have I told you how I met your parents? <laughs> yep. I'd love to see Gina back. Too. I love Janet. Gina and Matthias. Like, those are two that I really want to see back. So. I want to see Wrestler meet Gina again. Especially I now see that him, I'd like to see him being forced to work with her. Yeah. And, and Solomon. Oh my gosh. Be amazing. I miss Nez. Honestly, I just miss redemption. It, it was it was sad that it wasn't renewed. I loved it. Oh, I just I don't think they ever gave it a fighting chance. They didn't advertise for it. They didn't do anything with it, and then they just sort of dropped it in the hiatus period for Blacklist, like it was just going to be watched along the way. And John I'll sat there and said, "Oh, we want to create a thing that's." That you know, you don't have to have watched the blacklist to watch this, which was total BS because you did have to watch it. Like, you wouldn't have had connection to those characters dropped in like you were. It's, I thought it was fun no matter what. Oh, it was fun, but you and I are deep into the blacklist, and so I don't know. It's, I don't think it was designed, and I'm, I'm not even sure unless how it they was never the intention. Yeah, I don't know, but then they never answered, and I'm hoping someday they'll answer all the questions they opened up for it, but they didn't there. They didn't even broach them for the most part. It was... I have a feeling they will. I hope so. It's, I mean, I. it's the one time that John's pacing issues gives me a little bit of hope. At least I will always have hope that he'll answer some of these questions, even though they'll be like five seasons later. Well... And I'm doing a series now, and I'm and I'm looking at the way something is introduced and then brought back the same kind of story or the same kind of situations. You'll be amazed. 89 episodes later, 110 episodes later, yeah. and we're still bringing things back from way then. Oh, he's writing one long feature. That's what he's doing. His background is in feature writing. And so he is, I mean, which... The pacing is not fantastic in a lot of places, but it is what it is. As long as I get, as long as I get the ending that he talked about having, you know, in mind when he started this, that's at this point, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I need to know how it ends. If not, we always have Doctor Lakin. 
Megan Perillus. <laughs> we need an ass. So that she can add that to her torture. Yeah. <laughs> her we torture need an protocol. Answer. No, or just just get the Johns. We need an answer. No, don't torture the Johns. <laughs> we need them to be in a good headspace. <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna remind them of late Dr. Perillus. Say, please don't threaten our showrunners. <laughs> Start I hearing the want... helicopter over Tessa's house. You know? I need <laughs> answers. Just like to say, we are not threatening anyone. We do not condone the threat of any writers on this no. podcast. But we need that. And he did say that he was going to give it even if he was with puppets. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That cracks me up. What would you prefer, puppets or cartoons? Um, I wasn't crazy about the cartoon design at the end of season seven, but it was also COVID, so we were in really weird situations. Um, I think I would prefer. I think I would prefer the cartoon though. Than the puppets. Yeah, than the puppets. I mean, so our order of thing is cartoons, then puppets. I mean, if there's a story, I mean, I would even go and see him like sitting down in a chair and tell us a story. Yeah, I just need to know. I mean, <laughs> I just need to know. <laughs> Come there's on, a lot of people who are suffering thinking that it, this might end and we never get an answer. Uh, it's, it's a fear. It's a legit fear. Because, I mean, he doesn't own the rights to the story anymore. That, that's such a weird thing for me, especially someone that wants to write for TV. It's like the idea of giving up the rights to the story that you spend seasons upon seasons creating is so bizarre. So, I mean, theoretically, if NBC and Sony shut him down, I guess they could say you're not allowed to divulge the end. I don't know if they would or not, but, oh, that would suck. I don't know I if bet they would, would because it just it just adds. It wouldn't money. be it wouldn't be good for them. I mean, and that's no. you that's, take away a lot of the value because it's like, well, you're gonna watch a story for so many. I mean, who would bother rewatching when exactly. you know that you're not gonna get an answer? And I think that's one reason they got an extension into season nine is to to help give them that that closure. I going to surprise you, but I don't think that nine is gonna be the final one. This is the show that never ends. <laughs> God. Yeah, I mean, I've been having this bad feeling about it, or good feeling about it. I mean, it's great to have the, the show, but um, at some Mixed point back. I want answers. Yeah, and it's, I, am, I totally understand they cannot give us an answer. I just totally get it. The moment they give us one, they give us the whole thing. Yeah, I think it was. I would be curious to know if John would format this. This knowing what he does now, eight eight seasons in of being a showrunner, if he would, if he could do it all over again, if he would choose the same layout, or if he, there were adjustments that he would make. Oh, that's I don't an know. Interesting question. I, I would love and. You know, it's and maybe there'll be some panel. Hey, maybe one day on when this day. is over, we'll get him to come and, and talk to <laughs> us about about writing this. Right? It, it's it's an interesting, it's such an interesting show. I I I personally think is incredibly well crafted, and the way that I'm seeing the links, I'm 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 just in awe of the writing and creative team. 
there's a tremendous amount of talent. It's uh, as frustrated as I get with Boken Camp. The man has an amazing mind for mystery. Yep. And it's I just, just wish that they wouldn't thin it out. And that that just comes with having so many seasons. It's yeah, it's the is the it's just not even the seasons, it's the number of episodes. Yes. 22 episodes a season. What? It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. So there is there is and I appreciate the fact that we're getting so many episodes because it it allows you to get into details that otherwise you wouldn't. Or it would be so dense that it would be almost impossible. Yeah. It's, but, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. That's, that's yeah. what it boils down to. But I think that um, 11 episodes a season would be the sweet spot for it. Not that we're getting it. It's just meaningful, meaningless talk. Yep. Oh, do you have anything else? Nope. I'm good until next, se- until next episode, which is two weeks from now. Yep. And... Um, Tessa and I are going to take a look at those questions that we have sitting in Tumblr right now. Um, let us take a look. Um, hey, maybe we'll just get on and talk through them. Yeah, maybe, maybe. that's what we'll do next week. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye out. We might do that instead of just we answering We may do them a, a night of submit questions and we'll talk about them. Oh, gosh. There's a lot of questions sitting in Tumblr right now. <laughs> And I've had somebody over on Twitter that I keep keep trying to remember to answer you. Friend on Twitter, I am so sorry. I am the worst at Twitter. Like, I'm bad. I'm bad at it. Honestly, I'm just bad at answering. It's really Can they well just go on, on Reddit and talk to me? Oh, we've just, we've just been going back and forth on Twitter. It's, I mean, cool ideas and stuff. And, like, it's not that I don't want to answer them. It's that I look at, I tend to look at Twitter first thing in the morning when I wake up. And I'm like, oh, someone said something. I need to remember to answer them after I've had coffee and get some work done. And then, and then three days gone. later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I never answered them. And it just continues in that Story fashion. Story of my life. Yeah, it really is. All right, guys, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and you can talk to us on Tumblr, on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, and I think that's it. And eventually we'll answer. Yeah, we we do see them. We do think about them. Don't worry. You were not being totally ignored, I promise. Not intentionally. Anyway, until next week, stay safe. Yep, bye-bye.